0: Folks are saying that since the increase and the rise of uh, the coronavirus, that more and more people are online. There's now even online dates. eHarmony claims that if you fill out their uh, their, their personality assessments, that they will lead you to have a rich, meaningful relationship. Have you ever used a dating site? It's said that now the majority of people meet online. Or have you ever seen Million Dollar Matchmaker? Million Dollar Matchmaker takes place in Los Angeles area, and there's usually a millionaire who's looking... And um, for a spouse or a date, and they go to a professional matchmaker and she finds suitable suitors for that person. There's sort of a, a drink mixer, and two hours selected, like, they go on dates and see how that works out. Uh, matches. And so and I need to ask you, have you ever played matchmaker? You've seen two people, maybe children, maybe your nephew or nieces, your grandchildren, maybe younger employees, and you try to play matchmaker because you believe that maybe you could find a person that work out quite well, maybe there would be lifetime love and 50th wedding anniversaries and all that sort of stuff. So have you had a whole lot of success when you played matchmaker, or maybe the people just didn't even want to do date one? So I need to ask you, what was the key? Was it your keen, unique insight? Did you know each person directly? Um, what was the key if you've had a whole lot of success playing matchmakers? So matchmakers. Um, Our world is made up of good matches, so follow me along here. Um, For jobs and careers, our world is made up of matches. So if your car needs fixed, see a what? Of course, mechanic. If you have a toothache, see a what? A dentist, that's right. They'll make special arrangements for you now during our virus. If you have a headache, see a what? If you see a doctor, don't hang out with her. Never mind, okay? Um, If you need legal advice, see a what? See an attorney, that's correct. Bring your paycheck, I'm sorry, bring your checkbook. No offense, if you want to have a trophy, buck, or fish displayed, see a what? Taxidermist, I haven't had that problem yet. Maybe some of you have done better than I have. If you have a clog in your basement, see a what? And my wife and I dealt with that about a week and a half ago, but we got it fixed, so it just need to be cleaned out. But anyways, and also, if you're dealing with guilt or need spiritual direction, see a what? Yeah, I would hope that you would all see a pastor. Our world is made up of matches, and I think he needed a match and i can relate to it he went out fishing and got you know what it means when i say skunked he got skunked. he caught what zero zippo i went out to oxbow lake a week ago friday and caught nothing the person i was with caught a little bass the what the water's just too cold and this week hasn't helped but our lord saw something in him and our lord called him and he got skunked all day and our lord said why don't you go try out there and, and let your nets down deep and the person said Jesus, you don't have a clue. I've been out here all day. Jesus, just go ahead and do that. And I think you know who that is. Who was that? That's Peter. And Peter brought in such a large catch of fish. It's sort of like, you know, 10 stimulus checks all at once. It's like, wow, wonderful. Then Jesus said, he called him. From now on, you just won't catch fish. You'll catch who? Men. And just as I drew the fish into your nets, I will draw men into your nets by the power of my Holy Spirit. That was a match made in heaven that God called Peter to go and catch men as God calls disciples. Well, today, um, and let me see. Peter and Jesus, a match made in heaven. And Jesus said to Peter, Do, don't be afraid, so from now on you'll catch what? Men. And that's sort of the ministry of our church, blessed by the Holy Spirit. But I want to talk about pastors, and I alluded it to that earlier, that sinners need what? Forgiveness. And so, let's talk about pastors and I brought with me some keys, and I think you've heard this mentioned before as well from Pastor Luring. Keys are used to open and close, and in our church, we have what's called the Office of Keys. And the Office of Keys is a special authority that Christ has given to the church on earth to forgive sins for those who repent and not to forgive sins for those who don't repent. And so pastors, you haven't given us the keys. You don't borrow, you don't borrow the keys. We don't rent the keys from you. We use them on your behalf. And the keys open heaven and the keys close heaven. Well, how's that done? Well, on your behalf, we preach sermons where you hear of Christ. We baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and bring people into the kingdom of God. And we also administer the Lord's Supper where people receive the body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of their sins in a very tangible, real way. And so pastors have been called to use the keys in God's stead as you, the congregation, have conferred them upon us. That's what a pastor does. Sinners need forgiveness, and Christ has sent pastors. Now, really, the church owns the keys. You own the keys. Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered, there I am too. And he gave the keys to the church. He breathed on them, said, receive the Holy Spirit. But you allow us to publicly use them on your behalf. And God calls pastors, and a good Dr. Martin Luther, the great reformer, um, he uh, sort of elaborates on that. He says this. This is a way to distinguish between the office of preaching or ministry and of all baptized Christians. So what makes Pastor Loring and I different than you? Okay? The preaching office is no more than a public service which happens to be conferred upon someone by the entire congregation. So I'm pretty sure, and I know it's for a fact, that you, St. John Lutheran Church, called Pastor Loring here in 1983. In 2019, you called me here. And Pastor Loring and, and I one time were members of a church. We are part of the royal priesthood. If you listened to the first sermon, you heard about that. We're a royal priesthood. We're priests in the sense that we're forgiven and we can forgive sins in Jesus' name. And now he continues to speak. The communal office of public teaching. Now notice we do it publicly for you. The communal office of public teaching for this for this preachers and pastors are necessary. The office cannot be attended by two by all the members of the congregation. So God, in His wisdom, has called pastors who publicly use the keys on behalf of the church who speak publicly, who baptize um, and, and administer the Lord's Supper and forgive sins, um, as God has called them. So God calls pastors from among the priests of all believers and confers upon them the keys to do this task. And that's what pastors do. Now, in Acts chapter 6, which Pastor Loring read to you earlier, uh, the ministry of the Word, and, and there in Acts... The believers were, were were said. It was said to believers here, brothers. Choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of spirit and wisdom, and turn this responsibility over to them. Give them the ministry of preaching the word publicly. They are not to just set tables and make sure that uh, the the lawn is mowed and that um, the sidewalks are plowed of snow, but give them that ministry to administer the keys to use the keys you have called. And one of those people was Stephen a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit and six others. Now, if we know much about Stephen, remember Stephen was the first martyr, who even when he was dying, called out to Jesus Christ, knew new Jesus. So the ministry of the pastors is those, it's a match made in heaven. God has called certain individuals from among you, the priesthood of believers, and conferred upon them the office of pastor to administer the keys and to preach and teach and baptize and to administer the Lord's Supper on God's behalf that sinners might receive what? forgiveness, because we're all sinners, and we all sin much uh, great, and we offend and hurt others, and we offend and hurt God, and so, hence, the ministry of the pastors bring that wonderful news that in Christ, by faith, we are forgiven. This is how one should regard us, and now we're talking to Pastor Lurie and I, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God, that we are people to manage the, the mysteries of God. Some might say the sacraments of God. We, we, we manage uh, the office of the keys, the message of hope through Jesus Christ. And that's how we are to be regarded. Uh, some regard us as the fix-it-all people. Some regard us as maybe people holier than others, or someone who just decided to become a pastor. No. Um, St. Paul, uh, speaking on as, as God speaks through St. Paul, says this is how we should regard pastors as servants of Christ, stewards of the mystery, that they bring us forgiveness of sins that we so desperately need. Now, there's an early American Lutheran debate in the mid 19th century, the mid-1800s, the role of pastor and parishioners. And if you've been in church long enough, you know that sometimes your retentions rise. And we're all sinful people, and we have gifts and talents. And sometimes we look at things through different angles. And sometimes we debate the role of pastor and parishioners. And so the question is, who's the boss? Now, once in a while, people say, Pastor Muse, you're the boss. Well, I wish I were. I'm not sure if Pastor Loring heard that. Yeah, I'm the boss. That'd be really easy for me to tell people what to do. But that's not what a pastor is. Who's the boss? And some people say, well, we the people are the boss. We pay the bills. We pay a salary. We're the boss. We've been members of the church for a long time. We're the boss. So who's the boss? The pastor of the people. We ask the same question. Who has power? The pastor of the people. Well, somebody might say, well, the pastors wear the collar. The pastors are people Called They're pastors the people. We pay. Of course we give them power. Or is it the people? We the people. You know, the church is a people. Without people, there wouldn't be a church. And so this debate goes on. Now, there's a picture of C.F.W. Walther. He was a very influential pastor and understood God's word. And He's going to clarify this question of who has the power, who's in control. So C.F.W. Walther was actually the first president of our Missouri Synod. He was the first president of our beloved seminary in St. Louis matter of fact, he even traveled into what many would say Paulding, Putnam, and maybe even Defiance County to arrange the early congregations of the Missouri Synod. Some believe that he came up the Ogles and was even on the Maumee River. Interesting history. And so he was also confronted, there's an early debate in the early days in American Lutheranism of who's in control. The pastor or the what? People. And sometimes, no offense, voters, meetings, and congregational assemblies can get a little testy. Well, this is what CFW Walther says, and I think this is a blessed way of looking at it. To CFW Walther, maybe some of you have been in Walther League or heard of Walther League. Pastor feeds believers God's word and sacrament. Once again, they administer the keys. Correct? The match made in heaven. And God's people serve the church with their time, talents, and what? Treasures. It's a match made where? In heaven. It isn't about who's in control, who has power, who's the boss. It's about the role of sinners needing forgiveness, and through the pastors, God speaks publicly through Lord's Supper, baptism, and the Word, and people are forgiven, and they're empowered to serve, so it's a match made in heaven. Okay, It's a very blessed way of looking at it, how we are to view each other. So we as pastors view you as dear sheep, and you to view us as dear shepherds, not because something's something special about us, but simply because we simply speak Christ's words and point you to Christ, and we see you as God's people, a very... Blessed way of seeing that, a match made in heaven. Pastors calling in gifts. So we've been, Pastor Larry and I, as well as you probably have heard and seen many other pastors stand exactly where I am standing today, have gifts and talents, and maybe they don't have all gifts and talents. Uh, My daughter, Michelle, got married on New Year's Eve in 2014, and uh, uh, her marriage was at our church, St. Peter's, but the reception is at, at Roman Catholic Hall. Why? Because... It was very affordable, it was very nice, it was close to the church. And so we'd get married New Year's Eve, and they wanted to get married there, and my daughter wanted to start physical therapy class, and so that was sort of the only time she'd get married. Well, being New Year's Eve, we thought that all guests would like to usher in what? The New Year's. And so, typically, at that hall, they said we'd like everyone to leave at 11 p.m. They said, well, why have all the guests leave at 11 p.m. when we want to celebrate what together? New Year's Eve. And so I made a request— Could it be possible for us to remain in the hall until after New Year's Eve? And that way we can all say Happy New Year and celebrate the New Year, uh, blessings for God's year sort of thing. To me, I said, you know, kidding around, Happy New Year, now go home. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that, right? So, however, when we went and made the request at the Roman Catholic Church, they said, well, you're going to have to talk to the priest. And the priest will need to give you permission. Eventually we did. He gave us permission. He thought that was a good idea. Now, I'm not here to bash or put down. Just a different way of looking at ministry. Because if somebody wants to use a fellowship hall or our gym, if somebody wants to use, uh, I don't know, our our choir room or some of our classrooms, you wouldn't go and ask who? Pastor Loring and Pastor Muse. That's not our calling. You would go and maybe ask the trustees or bring it up to some other boards or committees in church that have been entrusted with that responsibility. So sort of a unique way of seeing things. So with that in mind, I want, want, to help me, I want you to help me through a little task. And I want you to maybe rank these. And I'm not saying there's no right and wrongs, but it definitely can lead us to think. So what's a pastor's calling and priorities? Rank them. Arrange donuts for coffee hour? Pray, visit, and encourage the ill. Love the flock as Christ loved the church. Able teacher and preacher of God's word, properly dividing and applying law and gospel. We'll continue through these. Care for souls of the lost. Strain out members with bad attitudes and strange ideas. I've heard enough from you. Meet me out by the playground. No, is that what we're called? we called for that. Wars are priorities. Make sure the tables are set up for special meals. Counsel the brokenhearted and the grieving. Squeeze money out, of parishioners. Right now, the budget's a little tight, Pastor, meaning really one of your best sermons may get some more money into the budget. So, where would you place those? You don't have to speak out loud. Let me flip back to the previous. Let me go back through these. I'll go through this again. Okay. So, where do you prioritize these? Arrange donuts for coffee hour. Pray, visit, encourage the ill. Love the flock as Christ loved the church. Able teacher. I'm going through these quickly. Um, what else? Care for the lost souls. Strain out members. Make sure tables are set up, counsel the broken heart grieving, squeeze money out of parishioners. So what would you rank at the top? What would you rank at the bottom? If you had to rank them all. Hopefully everyone's saying here that we're not in the, no offense, we're not in the donut business or straining out people, okay? Hopefully no one's saying that. I think hopefully everybody here would say pray and love the flock and teach and uh, care for those. There's just some, some things for us to think about. Um, reflecting upon pastors, a match made in heaven. God calls pastors from among the priesthood of all believers and confers upon them the keys where they get to preach and teach and pronounce Christ for us sinners who died freely for us, who rose from the dead. Yes, that's, that's how we hope. That's how we, Lord, when we see it. So pastors and people, a match made where? In heaven god's people need forgiveness they need grace they need to hear the word of god and god sends who pastors god doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the called he calls men and he builds them up and he trains and equips them and he opens up members and people's ear to hear what a match made in heaven once again as cfw walther said once again what it's not who's in control who's a boss who has a power pastors feed and by faith, the members respond by good works to God and the church and others. So from the pastor's end, God encourages us. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. That means spiritual. To care for the church of God, which he obtained by, with his own blood, that very special people you are, obtained by Christ's own blood. Take care of them. And for the people, this is our closing thought, how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And all God's people say, yeah. Amen.